In the last episode, we talked about bitterness and how it can stem from unforgiveness that we harbor in our hearts and how when we let this bitterness grow, it not only affects us, but it affects those who are around us. It affects our marriages and our families. But forgiving someone isn't always easy. There are times that the hurt is just too deep or we aren't sure if we really even can forgive them. Like, is it even possible? There are times that we're simply unwilling to forgive or in some cases, we're just not sure how. Jesus is our example as to what forgiveness looks like in our lives. So today we're going to take a look at how Jesus forgives us. We're going to look at how he helped me to forgive someone who's close to me and how he teaches us to forgive others. I'm loading you up with scripture today, girls. So get your pen and paper ready and let's get started. Welcome to the Faith Lived Out Podcast. Are you wanting to do life God's way but are unsure how or what that even looks like? Do you sometimes fear that you're doing this whole wife and mom thing all wrong and want to know how to do it right? Or do you want to stop worrying all the time and learn how to truly put your faith and trust in the Lord? Hey girl, I'm Nancy Adamson, wife, mom, and Grammy to seven sweet babies. Bible study teacher, speaker, and women's ministry leader. I see you and I get you because I've been there, and I'm here to share with you what God has taught me on how to find biblical answers to life's challenging questions in His Word, to know what His promises are for you, how to apply them to your life, and to put the cares and concerns that are on your heart safely in the Father's hands. So if you're ready to learn how to live out your faith every day and follow the amazing plan that God has for you, grab your coffee, pull up a chair next to mine, and let's get started. At one time or another, we have all felt the sting of being physically or emotionally hurt by someone in some way. It may have been one of those simple daily occurrences where someone said something or did something to you without thinking, and it was hurtful. Or maybe you've experienced a deeper pain, such as someone close to you who has lied to you or lied about you to others. They've used you in some way or shown just how little they really care about you. The deepest hurts tend to come from those who are closest to us, people such as our parents, our husbands, or our children. These can be the most difficult to overcome because these are the people in our lives who are supposed to love us the most, not hurt us. In the case of our husbands or our parents, they're to be our protectors, the ones who care for us when needed, the ones that we go to when someone else has hurt us, and in some cases, they're our best friend. So when they are the ones who have wronged us in some way, the hurt is deep and not easily forgiven. Why does this happen? Why do people do these things that cause such pain? Well, it's because we live in a fallen world, a world that is full of sin and sinners, full of selfish people doing selfish acts with little or no concern of others. 
Even as believers, we still sin. We still fall short of the mark, which is why we are thankful that Jesus came and died on the cross to forgive us of our sins. In Nehemiah chapter 9, Nehemiah recalls the actions of the Israelites during their walk in the desert, and he says, They refused to obey, and they were not mindful of your wonders that you did among them, but they hardened their necks, and in their rebellion they appointed a leader to return to their bondage. But you are God, ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abundant in kindness, and did not forsake them. So even though the Israelites had seen God's mighty work in their lives firsthand, the moment that something came up that was difficult for them, they were like, oh, well, let's not follow him anymore. And let's go ahead and have this leader and have him take us back to Egypt. It was better with them than it is with God. And and that hurts God. That grieves God when we rebel against him in that way. But look how Nehemiah describes God. He says, but you are God, ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abundant in kindness, and did not forsake them. So even though they rebelled against him, he still showed them kindness and love. He was slow to be angry at them, and he did not forsake them, but forgave them of their sins. In Psalm 86, 5, it says, For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to those who call upon you. Both of these verses tell us that God shows us mercy. Mercy is not receiving the punishment or the consequences that we deserve. In Romans 6, 23, we find out what the consequences of our sin is. For it says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is an eternal separation from God. But because of God's mercy, we no longer have to pay that penalty for our sin. Jesus suffered and died on the cross to pay it for us. And this did not come easily. He prayed all night long in the Garden of Gethsemane. In Luke 22, verses 41 through 44, we read, And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. And he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Jesus knew what was required from him in taking on the sins of the world and being separated from his father. And in his humanness, he was in agony over this. And he prayed that if it's possible that this cup pass from him. But it was not possible and he knew that it wasn't possible and yet still died on the cross for our sins, bearing that burden for us. The gift of God is eternal life, which is what we had just read, which means that we did not earn this love. We did not earn his forgiveness. He freely gave it to us and we did not do anything to earn it. And then in 1 John 1, 9, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
from all sin, from anything it is that we do, no matter how small, no matter how big, no matter how grievous we think that it might be. But Jesus is always ready and willing to forgive us of our sins when we confess them to him. And then in Isaiah 43, verses 24 and 25, it says, But you have burdened me with your sins. You have wearied me with your iniquities. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. God does not remember our sins. He does not throw them back in our face and remind us of them and and condemn us for them over and over and over again. But he remembers our sins no more. So let's review what we have learned from scripture on how Jesus forgives us. First, he is gracious, merciful, and abundant in kindness, always ready to forgive us. He's not forgiving us and being begrudgingly about it, but he is slow to anger and kind and ready to forgive. He shows us mercy by suffering and paying the price for our sin. We did not earn his forgiveness, but he freely gave it to us. We are forgiven of all unrighteousness, no matter the grievousness, no matter how big or how small the sin is, all unrighteousness, every single one of them. And then even though that we grieve God with our iniquities, he still tells us that if we confess our sins, that he will never stop forgiving us. There is no limit to his forgiveness that he has for us and that he remembers our sin no more. He does not bring it up again and throw it in our face. When we mess up, we want people to be understanding and we want them to forgive us in the same way that Jesus forgives us. We'll generally give some kind of excuses to why we said or did what we did and we'll hope that they will have mercy on us. When we give in to our sinful nature and sin against God, we pray for his forgiveness and we are thankful for the scriptures that we just read of his mercy and that he blots out our transgressions. However, when we feel that deep pain and anger of being hurt ourselves, we find out just how difficult it can be to forgive. We feel that the circumstances are somehow different, that we are justified in some way to not forgive, that the pain is too deep, or, you know, God would understand if we didn't forgive this one thing. This is how I felt about my dad, who I didn't want to forgive. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. My mom was very caring and nurturing. She has shown a great amount of unconditional love for her children. She has been a wonderful example of a mom and one of the reasons why I am the mom I am today. My father, however, is a different story. He's always provided well for our family. I never wanted for anything growing up, and we were actually privileged to have horses to ride, a boat that we could take to the lake, and even a small plane that we could you know, take places. And I was never made to feel that there was anything that I couldn't do. And I was always taught a good work ethic, how to work hard and to do a good job. But my father is narcissistic. I don't know if he feels love, but I know that he doesn't know how to show it. Our home revolved around him and the way that he wanted things to be done. 
There was abuse and ridicule if you embarrassed him in any way, didn't do exactly what it was that he told you to do, the way that he told you to do it, and when he told you to do it. Even as an adult, he has hurt me and hurt my family. He has lied to my children about me, saying derogatory things that were untrue. He disowned all of his children at one point because we were not living up to his expectations. As narcissists are, it is all about him and what he wants and very little concern for anyone else around him. So as you can imagine, there have been many things over the years that I have forgiven him for. But there was one thing that was just this final straw. It was just something that he had said, and it wasn't even about me, but I don't know. And maybe that's why it just hurt me so much that I just didn't want to let it go. And I didn't want to forgive him for it. It was about my brother who had spent his life trying to please my dad and to make him proud of him, but he never seemed to quite measure up. My brother had a degree from IT tech. He had a good job. He took care of his family. He unselfishly gave back to the ATV community where he lived by working with state and local officials to provide more places to ride and to host events for riders. So much so that when he passed away from cancer at the age of 44, there were plaques and tributes given for his dedication and his service to others. And yet, even after his death, my father would still at times put him down and say degrading things about him. It was one of these comments that I just couldn't let it go and I would not forgive him for. I had seen the hurt that this had caused my brother too many times and it broke my heart. Since I don't see my dad very often and I don't talk to him very much, once I got over that initial pain and anger, it was kind of easy to just take it and push it to the back of my mind, to just push it aside and not deal with the thought of forgiving him. I did also rationalize that the Lord would understand if I held on to just this one thing. I mean, I have forgiven him for so much. And of course, the enemy was right there going, oh yeah, just hang on to that. It's okay. It's going to be just fine. You can hang on to that one. And he was right there to feed me that lie. But what is the truth? What does God's word say about forgiving those who hurt us? In Ephesians 4.32, it says, And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. And then in Colossians 3.13, it says, Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. We just went over how Jesus forgives us for our wrongdoings. And in both of these verses, we are told that we are to forgive in the same way that Christ forgave us. And also notice that there are no parameters here for like, well, you know, if there's a certain instance or if the person isn't sorry for what they've done or if the hurt isn't too bad, then we don't have to forgive them. That's not what it says. It says, bear with one another's burdens, be kind, tenderhearted, forgive them in the same way that Christ forgave you. And Christ forgave you of all of your sin, and he did so without you doing a thing. Some people have asked, so how many times should we forgive someone? 
like the case with my dad, like I've already forgiven him so much. Do I really need to forgive him more? Well, Peter asked the same question of Jesus, and this was his answer. And it says in Matthew 18, 21 through 22, then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him up to seven times? Peter thought this was a pretty good number. Seven times if you've sinned against me and I've forgiven you. When it comes to number eight, you're done. Well, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. That's 490 times. Basically, he's telling us it's too numerous to keep track of. So don't. Jesus then gives this example. So there was a certain king that was settling accounts with his servants. And as he began to do this, there was one that owed him 10,000 talents and he was not able to pay his master. So his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and his children and all that he had and so that the payment could be made. The servant fell down in front of his master and said, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And so the master was moved with compassion, and he released him and forgave him of his debt. But when the same servant went out and found a fellow servant who had owed him a hundred denarii, which was quite a lot less than the thousand talents that he had owed his master, he took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe me. And so his fellow servant did the same thing that he did, begging and saying, having patience with me and I will pay you all but he didn't have any patience with him. Instead, he threw him into prison until he should pay the debt. Well, his fellow servants went and told the master what it was that he had done. And the master said, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And the master was angry and he delivered them delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. In verse 35 of this, it says, So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Christ forgave us of all of our sins, no matter how hurtful that they were, no matter how many times that we had done them even if it was the same sin over and over and over again. And we are to do the same for others. In doing a simple search in my Bible app, I found 10 different scriptures that all command us the same thing, to forgive others the way we have been forgiven. From time to time, Jesus would remind me of this truth and cause me to think about the unforgiveness that was in my heart. I would basically respond with, yes, Lord, but I'm not ready. I'm, I, I don't want to go there yet. And then I would kind of push it to the back of my mind again. This was happening more and more frequently. And then the day came. The day when my dad contacted me and said that he wanted to come and stay with me for a while while he looked at property here in Texas that he might want to buy. Oh, Lord, I see what you're doing. You have been telling me that I need to deal with this, and now you're going to make me deal with it. And he was right. I needed to deal with it. Matthew 6, 14 and 15 was one of the 10 verses that I found, and it was one of the truths that, lo that the Lord had been reminding me of. And it says this, 
For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This always bothered me because it made me realize that by holding on to this hurt and by not forgiving my dad, I was doing something that was driving a wedge between me and God, something that was separating us and hurting our relationship. In the end, the thought of disobeying and disappointing my heavenly father hurt me more than the pain that my earthly father had caused. So I began praying and I began asking for others to pray with me that the Lord would soften my heart and help me to let go of this pain, that the Lord would help me to see my dad the way that he sees him and to help me to forgive him. I also started praying a little bit more for my dad. Not that I wasn't before, but I became a bit more intentional about it and in praying for him and for his salvation. God is faithful and he answered my prayers. Not for the salvation part yet. We're still praying for that. But while my father was here, I was able to let go of the anger and the hurt and to accept him for who he is. He's a lost sinner without the love of Jesus in his heart. As I said, my dad is not one to show love towards others. So when he went to leave and to head for home, there was no hug or kiss for his daughter, only a word of goodbye at the door as if it was like some acquaintance that was leaving and not a member of my family. My first thought was, fine, I know that you you know don't really show love. And if this is the way that you want to leave, well, then good, you can just leave that way. But then, of course, God couldn't leave it at that. And I couldn't either. I knew that God had truly helped me to forgive him because I couldn't let him leave without giving him a hug and a kiss goodbye, without showing him the love that Jesus has shown me. The Lord also tells us in his word how to begin this process of forgiving. In Matthew 5:44, it says, But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. We are called to love our enemies, those people that hurt us. We are to show them the love of Jesus in the same way that Jesus showed it to us when we were in sin and unlovable. We are to bless those who curse you and do good to those who hate you. This is actively seeking ways to bless them in some way or to help them in some way. As a matter of fact, in Proverbs 25, verses 21 and 22, it says, If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For so you will heap coals of fire on his head and the Lord will reward you. And then in the other verse that we had read, it told us to pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Pray for their salvation. Pray for them to have a change of heart. Pray that you could see them the way that God sees them. It does all start with prayer. And as we begin to pray for those who have hurt us, the Lord does show us this person through his eyes. And maybe it's a loss that they have had in the past. Maybe it's something that they have had happen to them in the past that makes them do or act in the way that they do. They're needing God's love and forgiveness in the same way that we needed it before we became believers. And ask the Lord 
to help you to forgive, to open that door for him to heal the hurt and the anger that is in your heart. And he does do this. He helps us to learn to forgive others with the same grace and mercy that he has shown us. And he will even help us to overcome the fears that we may have in trying to trust this person again. Believe it or not, with the Lord's help, you will begin to have compassion and empathy for them as you view them through the Father's eyes. As we talked about it in the last episode, having this unforgiveness or resentment in our hearts is where bitterness can come from. And if we continue to push it aside, if we continue to not deal with it, then it will grow and it will grow to the point that we become angry and bitter towards those around us. So who is it that you need to forgive? For some of us, this is easy. You've been thinking about them the entire time that I have been talking because it's a recent or it's a deep hurt. But for others, you may need to give it a little bit of thought. Sometimes we harbor unforgiveness and resentment without realizing it because it is something that happened in our past. It is something that was done by someone that we don't see very often and we have pushed it aside out of the way. But be mindful Is God reminding you of this? Is he drawing this out for you in that you have somebody that you need to forgive? Writing out our thoughts and emotions is very helpful in the healing process. And so I encourage you to journal about this. Or if you don't have a journal, just take out a piece of paper and a pen. But write it down. Write down the person's name that you need to forgive. Write down what the hurt is that they did to you and how it made you feel. And then spend some time in prayer, asking the Father to help you open your heart and to begin the healing process of forgiveness. And pour your heart out to him. He knows how you feel. He knows what anger that you've had towards this person. He knows what the hurt is. And he knows what that feels like. And so pour your heart out to him and let him help you to be able to heal from that. And then as we read in the scriptures, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecuted you. So pray for the person who has hurt you. Pray for God to do a work in their heart. Pray for salvation for them if they're not saved. Pray for God to bless them, to open their eyes to him and what it is that he wants to teach them and to make them more like him. And then it says, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you. Find ways to show them the love of Jesus. It may be a simple hug, maybe a note or some other act of kindness. They don't even need to know why you're doing this really, but you and God will know why, and that's what matters. Since God has made it so very clear to us that we are to forgive others the way Christ forgave us, let's go back one more time and take a minute to look at what we've learned about the forgiveness of Jesus and what that looks like. As I read this, I want you to think about how this applies to your situation and to the person that you need to forgive. So first, he is gracious, merciful, and abundant in kindness, always ready to forgive us. He does not forgive us begrudgingly. So as you think about that person, how can you be merciful, 
abundant in kindness, and to forgive. And then secondly, he shows us mercy by suffering to pay the price for our sin. We didn't earn his forgiveness. He freely gave it to us. Are you waiting for this person to earn your forgiveness in some way, to repent to you and to show you that he deserves forgiveness or that they deserve forgiveness? God didn't do that with us. He freely forgave us. And then we are forgiven of all unrighteousness, no matter what the sin is. Are you holding on to something that someone has done to you because you think that it's just too grave of a matter to be forgiven of? Jesus forgave you of every single sin that you have ever done. And then fourth, even though that we grieve God with our iniquities, he tells us that if we confess our sin, he never stops forgiving us. There is no limit to his forgiveness. Are you limiting yours the way I was limiting mine and saying, I have forgiven enough. I'm not going to forgive this last thing. And then lastly, he remembers our sin no more. He doesn't bring it up again. He doesn't condemn us with it and throw it in our face. And yes, sometimes when there is somebody who habitually sins against us, that we do need to change our circumstances. We do need to make sure that we are not enabling them and helping them to sin. We may need to remove ourselves from a situation, but it doesn't mean that we throw it in their face and that we're always bringing it up to them and bringing them down and reminding them of the sin and the hurt that they have caused. As you are thinking about this and the person who it is that you need to forgive, let me pray with you. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for your wonderful grace and your mercy, your abundant kindness, and that you forgive us of all of our transgressions, no matter what we have done, no matter what we have said, no matter how we have grieved you, Lord, you still forgive us. You show us love and mercy and kindness, and you remember our sins no more. You take them away as far as the East is from the West. And Lord, you don't throw them in our faces. You don't remind us of our sin but you love us and you tell us to move forward in you in grace and mercy. Lord, I ask that you would be with each and every one of these women who are listening, Lord, that you would help them to forgive the way that you have forgiven us, that you would heal them of these deep pains and hurts that they have, Lord, this bitterness that is beginning to grow in their hearts because of this unforgiveness that they have. Lord, help them to remove that. Help them to take that away. Help them to come to you and to pour out their heart to you, Lord, and to just let you heal them, to let you heal their hearts and to heal the pain. Teach them, Lord, how to forgive and how to forgive that person and to move on and to build that relationship with that person again, if that's what you've called them to do. Lord, I know that you help us to forgive others. You have helped me to forgive not only my father, but other hurts that have been in my life, Lord, that have been deep, painful hurts. But Lord, you have always been there and you have helped me to forgive them. And I am free of those things now. They don't burden me. They don't give me bitterness. They don't weigh my heart down. 
Lord, I pray that for each and every one of these ladies, that they would give this hurt to you and that it would not burden them and to weigh them down any longer. And Lord, I pray this in your precious heavenly name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. I pray that God has used this episode to bless and inspire you to live out your faith in Him. If it has, please do me a huge favor by leaving a review on Apple Podcast. This is the only way that I know if you like the show and you will be helping others to find this podcast and be lifted up by the Word of God. Is there someone who came to mind while you were listening today and you said, Ooh, she needs to hear this. Well, then send her the link so she can be encouraged too. Are you in the Dallas area and looking for a fresh new speaker to add excitement to your next luncheon, women's retreat, or other women's event? Then drop me a note at nancy at faithlivedout.com and let's chat about it. That's nancy, N-A-N-C-I, at faithlivedout.com. I would love to come and meet with you and the ladies in your group. You're also welcome to visit the website at faithlivedout.com for more information, blog posts, journaling ideas, and free printables. Or become a part of our little community of believers by joining the Faith Lived Out community group on Facebook, where you can join together with other faith-led wives and moms just like you. Links to these areas and the scripture references used in today's episode are in the show notes. Ladies, thank you again for listening today. And know that I am praying for God to be with you as you learn to trust in Him more and to live out your faith every day. God bless you and see you on the next episode.